Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, pick guardian. Jared Brandon with the Brandon Wound pickups. Hey everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death you are listening to our show with us, the Guitar Knobs on the Guitar Knobs podcast. We've said it twice now. Hopefully you know where you're at and what you're doing. We're thrilled for this show. This show is, is there's, there's many thrilling things about this show. And Jared and Tony, what is the number one most thrilling thing about this show tonight? Uh, having you announce it? Well, that's that's a close second. What's the first? We have a uh, guest tonight. A that's guest? Okay, that's a cl- that's that's the third in line after the second. What is the number one most important thing about this podcast? We like to talk about gear. Damn you! It's the two hundredth episode <laughs> of the Guitar Knobs podcast. This 200? is two hundred. Two hundred. I demand a recount. Now, when you just say the word two hundred, it just sounds like well, it's two hundred. I got a hundred bucks, or I got two hundred bucks. I can maybe get a cup, a pedal for two hundred bucks. Whatever. No, no, no. This no. is two hundred um, manually operated. Manually recorded, manually edited, all the manuals, 200 actual shows that we've done since. You're going to count the first one, huh? I'm, yeah, of course I'm counting the first one. <laughs> you're, now you're talking two George Washingtons and two zeros at the end of it. That's I'm, right. Yes. How many is that in pennies? Jared, do the math. Um, so this pennies. is, wow, that's pretty good. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. I can do it. Um, <laughs> anyways, this is just, it's really exciting because uh, I'll, I'll just briefly touch on this really quick. This started off as a bit of a challenge to myself because I wasn't hearing what everything I wanted to hear. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to get deeper into this guitar enthusiasm and community that I was kind of standing on the fringe of. And uh, I've, I've felt that this would be a good vehicle to do that. And I've been incredibly fortunate to have Tony and Jared pretty much uh, on the other mics almost almost the whole time, except for the maybe about the first, you know, 30, 50 episodes or whatever. But, some, <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> it, it's, this is a big deal for me, probably more than anybody else. But... Um, I, I'm just grateful that we're here. We're about to enter our fifth year of operation next year, 2021. We started in 2016. That's five years. Crazy, Jared, That's what crazy. is that in pennies? Um, that's a hell of a lot of copper. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's the big hoo-ha. Now, the good thing for you, especially our patrons, is this is going to be a crap ton of giveaways this week. Hold on to your hats. Oh, baby. We got some good stuff. So be uh, checking out the old Instagrams for that. All right. We've got somebody very special, and this is a three-peater. No, 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 no. Is this a four-peater? I've technically been on four. Once was a... This is four? Once once was hanging out uh, during the uh, Dr. Z one. That's right. Yeah. So so three is a... Who are you, four-peater? I'm Rob Chafe of Mad Cow Amplification. Right on. Oh yeah. Doesn't he? Doesn't he get a jacket? Hey, I don't have any I of that. Do like have a, a fez, so. uh, <laughs> I could probably get one of those like little league jackets, you know, <laughs> with the white cotton on the inside and the iron on in the back. That'd be kind of cool. And is it nice. like 
the five Peter for alone, a five yeah. year old. Or, or I mean? could get I could get like orange jackets like the Masters. That would be cool for anybody after a three peat. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we have Rob here, and for those who aren't aware, Rob, give him the like the five second. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, repair electronic musical equipment, uh, primarily guitar amps, build pedal boards for guys, modify amps, build custom amps, that kind of stuff. Right. And one of the things that we love about Rob is that he's, he's raw, he's honest, and the quality is 1 million times. It's all, that is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Yeah. You can call me a a nutbag. I absolutely. No, I mean, I, you know, that's what we want. And, and I think that's one of the things that when we're looking at our amps and it's broke, we're like, crap, I'm going to get soaked on this because I don't know, you know, how do you trust somebody? Is yeah. this right? Is this wrong? And you specialize almost in un, in pointing out like, oh, this is what somebody who didn't know what they were doing did. And that's why your amp doesn't work. Yep. That's always my favorite stuff yep. to see. So <laughs> tonight, this is, so this is the, the super special part number two. Because the world, the the music world as we know it, is in a bit of a lockdown. But that doesn't mean you have to be at home. That poses a problem for many people out there who have invested in awesome gear to play their guitars. And Rob is, is here today, since he is an amp specialist, to help us understand how... Jared, give us the title of the show. Jared... What is the name of this show? <laughs> Snorty Mc... Well, today's show is going to be called How to Plug In and Not Get Kicked Out of the House. Close. <laughs> how about yeah, How stuff. to Plug In Without Getting Kicked Out of the House? <laughs> yeah, How to Plug yeah. Your Electric Guitar In in an Amplifier <clears throat> and Then Not Getting Yelled At uh-huh. at the Same Time. That's the abridged version, out. everybody. Yes. More words, please. <laughs> Yeah, just, I have to make this into a title. This is how to plug in without getting kicked out, everybody. Right. And Jared did actually come up with that the first time. Okay, so uh, this is going to be all about maximizing the gear that you have, and maybe even finding a couple new things, you know, uh, that uh, can help you still do the thing you love doing, playing the guitar without having to to compromise to the point where you don't feel like you're doing the same thing you were before to the best of the technical world's ability. And we're going to do that with Rob's help because he knows amps better than just about anybody. Ooh. So, <laughs> all right. And and for uh, for reference, we, you know, we did do one just recently with Eric Marrow, and that was more about recording at home with, with your amp or possibly with um, some smaller, you know, uh, like pedal board devices, et cetera. You, know, you could still do all that, but it, we have amps. We love amps. We, that's the, it's the feel that we need. And sometimes that, that, doesn't, that can't be satisfied simply through headphones. So this is how we're going to try to wor- work around that for everybody, okay? Yep. This is going to be a blast. All right. A couple of things we want to say thank you to. Road for our 200th show. Thank you for making this, helping to make this possible with our voices uh, through these awesome machines, the Roadcaster Pro and Yummy. the Procaster mics. Um, Even yummier. Yes. So much, much thanks to Road mics. Uh, and um, really, I guess that's about it. We need to move on. We got a long show, everybody. Thanks, Road. 
Thank you, Road. Let's just do a quick uh, roundabout on what everybody's uh, got going on in the music world this week, and we'll keep it, uh, you know, don't need any 20-minute things that you got from DH Gate. But <laughs> I, I, I sense uh, that was that was aimed at me. No, was that aimed no, at me, Todd? No. Yes. yes. Huh. All right, uh, Tony, you, do it to it, you, and then we'll kick Rob in here. All right. Well, this isn't so much about music, although it does relate. I am just, and I'm sure Jared is, and probably Rob have had the same issues with shipping, uh, and right now. It is insanity. I'm I'm almost considering saying I'm not shipping anything until after the first of the year. Um, I've talked to FedEx, UPS, the post office. Everybody is so jam-packed and behind. It's taking forever to get stuff. Mm. I mean, priority mail used to be two or three days. Now it... If it gets there within a week, it's a miracle. Um, I've I've tracked things that have come and and I've shipped via uh, FedEx and UPS, and there is no rhyme or reason. It, they, things are just bouncing all over the country, um, and and it's very frustrating, especially for customers. But you know it it's it's troublesome and and worrisome for me because you know you want to make sure product is getting to the people that 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 have paid for this stuff and uh it's it's just insane and there doesn't really seem to be you know any end in sight because i think a lot of people this year are instead of you know visiting for christmas or the holidays um they're having stuff shipped and you know it's going to i'm sure be crazy cool for for Amazon and, and, you know, some of the other places, but I mean, it's, it's just really putting a bind into the system and, and making a mess of things. Have you guys experienced that yet? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, I ship, you know, uh, pickups overseas a lot and I switch to UPS when it comes to shipping overseas because I've gotten burned about, I don't know, six times in the past seven months. Mm. Uh, but, but lately I've just been shipping UPS and I've having, I've, I've had good luck with UPS overseas, uh, mm-hmm. priority mail. I'm still shipping within the States and I have not had a problem, uh, with it getting there, uh, on time. That's a different story. But, um, as far as just not losing a package, um, UPS for, you know, international and then USPS, uh, for within the United States has been working for me. It's mm-hmm. like it's like getting to the people. So side note, you just Jared, gotta use what's working. Your side note for you, Jared. What's the uh, price difference USPS versus UPS for international? Um, USPS right now, the average is around thirty eight dollars for USPS small flat rate box, and that's what I use for pickups. And then um, UPS is about $6 more. Well, that's nothing. Okay. But it's, yeah, but it's like it's getting there within six days. That's instead yeah. of 30 to 60 days. Oh, well, I, I sent out a little interface box right when this all went down. It left end of April. And I think the customer finally emailed me in July that he got it. Uh, a guy oh, wow. in Sweden or Norway or something. Yeah. yeah. 
Unbelievable. It sat in customs in New York for something stupid like 45 or 60 days. And I've had things that I've imported that sat in New York and did nothing. Um, yep, that's but, what this you know, was. I, I can go on and on and on about it, and I won't, but it's it's been really bad. Mm. But, you know, so is 2020. <laughs> so that sounds like a fun uh, week in Tony's music world there. Oh, it's just crap. I mean, it's, <laughs> and, and, and I was at the post office today and I, I'm there every day anyhow. And the guy that, that usually waits on me says, you know, there's 61 trucks waiting to be unloaded at the main distribution oh my center. Gosh. <laughs> and this stuff, I mean, and they're they're advising everybody to ship early. I think you know yeah. normally it's like a week before Christmas right. uh, is the cutoff. I you know I think it's going to be more like two weeks before Christmas if you want to get it there. But ah, <laughs> enough about me. Yeah, oh, thanks, Tony. <laughs> uh, let's see. Go, man. My music. Go, week? Rob. So, um, really, nothing in my personal music week going on. I did. Uh, I just finished up a new set of mods for a Fender Supersonic Friday. Cool. Um, so that was great to get that off my plate and just wrap it up. It's uh, Sometimes when doing mods, they come together right away and it takes me an afternoon and then other ones were like this where it was on and off for six months. So it was, yeah, The Supersonic, uh, can you give a... like a What it is? Just a real brief yeah. overview because that, that's so, one that I feel like I want. It's a... Because it's cool sounding. Well, yeah, and and that's I don't just I won't sign off on doing mods on just anything because um, there's so there can be so much time invested in working them out, trial and error, um, and research into it. So uh, I try to do only take on mods I think I can repeat over and over and over again. Mm. And the Supersonic, they make three of them. They make twenty two, sixty, and hundred watt, or made hundred watt. Um, and it's two channel amp. It's supposed to be a Fender Clean and a modified Marshall Dirty. Um, yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. I do want one of these. And, oh my. And the 22 is uh six V six, like deluxe reverb output section, mm -hmm. um, single one twelve, And then the 60, I think is available on a header one twelve, and that's six L six output 60 Watts. So it's, it's a neat platform. Um, so I had a very good longtime customer call me say, Hey, I've got a 22. It's cool, but this is wrong with it. And I wish it did this, wish it did that. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, bring it on in. Let's, I took a look at schematic. I was like, yeah, I, I think we can work this out easy enough. Uh, yeah, I was wrong. It took me oh, six no. months. It took me six months to get it right. Wow. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it is what it is. It's is sometimes. Is it better left undone? See what? Is it better left undone? Oh, no, no. Not like uh, the difference unmodded versus when I got it right finally. No, it makes the unmodded one sound broken. Like there's something wrong with the amping comparison. Wow. It is a night and day difference. Okay, so if I do get one, do these mods? I'll just give it to you before I even start. No, actually, playing. play on it for two weeks. I'll play on it for two weeks and then I'll... So that way when like you I get said, it back, like you can I go, said. oh, okay, I do hear the, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. So it was great. I spent, actually, this morning before the customer picked up, I did one final play test and go through all my testing guitars, P90s, single coils, I'm about everything, right. turning all the knobs every which way. Because basically, after I do a mod, I want to make sure that a lot of amps only sound good with certain settings. Like if the tone's not between five and six, it doesn't sound right or this. The whole point for me to do in a mod is that you can turn any knob any direction and it'll be musical. Right. You know? So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so I did that this morning for an hour and said goodbye to it. So That's awesome. It was nice to get that done. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm very, I, I've actually spotted a couple and I'm 
big Oasis fan. I'm like, I kind of just, I mean, if nothing else, I want it because it's like, you know, supersonic. But anyways, <laughs> I know that's stupid and cheesy, but no, I mean, no. Anyways, uh, so, okay, uh, Jared, how about yourself? Uh, got me a new toy. Got a, one of those Tonewood amp thingy. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. How is that? Um, it came a day late, but <laughs> was it a dollar short? I, I, I hear no, there's shipping not. problems going on right yeah. now, Jared. <laughs> I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We were just talking about that, right? Uh, no, it's it's awesome package. Great packaging. Um, very very nice unit. Uh, it takes three double A's. Um, hey, Jared, can I pause you? What is a tone wood? You plug your acoustic guitar into it, and you magnetically stick it to the back of the guitar, and there's a kind of like a rub. <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> kind of like a kind of like a rubber I heard him mat. swallow after <laughs> it. <laughs> Christmas, that kielbasa really needed to get out. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> No, so there's a the way it works is there's a rubber grommet on the back that's you know you can kind of push it in and out, but that rests against the wood of your guitar, and um, and on the inside is a magnet. The magnet holds the unit onto the back of the guitar, and it basically turns your guitar into a a speaker. Yeah. So so you can run effects through the natural sound of your guitar while whatever's going through your acoustic oh, guitar. Okay. Okay. So it's like uh, acoustic electric. You have to come out of the plug for the. Yeah. So you okay. still need the pickups. Okay. If, okay. If you have like an old Martin or a Gibson that doesn't have a pickup, you, you gotta, you know, get a sound hole pickup. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, and then okay. rather than going through a speaker, it, it uses the body as a transducer. It just uses the body. Yeah. Right. It, but the effects cool. are built into the unit. So right. you don't have to go through. An, yeah. Effect. So I think I've seen ads on like Facebook or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's but, a lot of ads, yeah. but it's a great, excuse me. It's a great unit. It works awesome. So I thought it was just going to be plain old plain Jane, but there's like a little tiny LCD screen on it. And it's, it's got, Tons of controls. I I was really busy today, so I could only, you know, plug it in and put it on and mess with it for maybe five, ten minutes. But it's got a lot of, ton of different effects. And, um, yeah, I'm really impressed with it. It certainly enhances your playing experience, you know, whether you're in front of people at a campfire or if you're just at home plucking away at Stairway to Heaven, you know, right. whatever. So it's... uh. Yeah, it was definitely worth it for me. It's really nice. That's cool. That's a that's a nice review, Jared. Well done. How easy how easy is it to switch from guitar to guitar? Um not how Jared switches from guitar to guitar, but how to No, uh there's a thing, of course, the magnet bracket that you have to go through the sound hole. Okay. So you really wanna you know, if if you You put it on you want to do it on one guitar. Right, but you can buy more of those magnet bracket doogles and stick it on the inside with stickies. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you remember where to, you know, where it sticks on the back of the guitar. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you can get multiple magnets and for multiple guitars and use it on different guitars. You just have to have a p- pickup for each guitar and a magnet doohickey that's glued on the inside. Cool. Nice. It's really easy. 
It, it was well designed. Neato. Super fantastic. Yeah. This week, I was able to play around with one of the um, one of my pedals that uh, is is near and dear to my heart because it's directly from Doctor No and signed and all that business. And it's pretty cool. How and about that, you, Todd? Thanks, Tony. <laughs> um, and that's the the Colossus. Um, I think this uh, came out in about I think 2018. It is a high gain booster with an Octavia fuzz built in that you can either operate each on their own or in sync together, and it just makes some big noise. <laughs> and there's there's like two two versions of this, like the one or the two. The uh, I think it's one octave or two octaves that above. Yeah. So um and. It's just it's just super cool to play with, and so I've been trying to figure out like, okay, how can I use this in one of my songs? Because um, more so for the Octavia, um, but then if you do have that on, and then you do kick in the boost, it's like, whoa, this thing just totally came alive. So when you said high boost, you mean or high gain? Do you mean high gain as far as amplitude, or like gain as far as distortion? It, not just amplitude; it, it it does. You can dial up the dirt on it too. Okay, but it's not to the point that it's like a full on distortion. Okay, so it's. It has gain. It gets dirty. Uh-huh. It is not a dirt. Gotcha. Boost. Gotcha. And if you turn like as far as just boosting it, can you get? Is that like a twelve dB boost? Like you know what? Wow. I'm not exactly sure what the. Oh yeah, it'll get loud. Yeah. Okay. So, oh yeah. So then yeah, I mean <laughs> it gets loud, baby. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just it's a it's a just a beautiful pedal too. I mean, it's Doctor No stuff. So it's like those pedals are just incredible. So that was really super fun. That's what I've been doing. So thanks, Dr. No. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get right into this giant family size bag of Lay's potato chips-esque program about the subject of how to plug in without getting kicked out. It's a great title. TM, Circle R, Jared. <laughs> right. If I could remember my own title. Okay. Like- so here's the setup, everybody. You've got you've got all your gear that you've been accumulating. Maybe you've you've got your favorite Marshall half stack. You've got deluxe reverb, maybe a new one, maybe an old one. Uh, maybe you got you know your orange, just any kind of amp that you would typically be using to gig with, or just playing really loud and being okay with it. But now, with everybody not leaving the house so much, or maybe you've downsized and you're in an apartment or a condo. Whatever the case is, you can't rock it like you used to or you you want to continue the feeling of how you, you know, well, how it sounds when you're playing live. I know I'm experiencing that. Our previous show that we did with Eric Merrow, we talked about other ways to capture sound, other ways to record sound in, in you know, in your house or your apartment or whatever mainly for recording and capturing this is just purely for for playing and for the the enjoyment of playing being a a guitar gear enthusiast so ladies and gentlemen here is the outline for what we're going to cover tonight first we're going to work with what you have okay so whatever amps you have in your in in your home your basement wherever this is what's going to help you be able to get the feel out of this. And I'm going to, we'll, we'll touch on that again in just a second here, but outline goes, we're going to cover off on some DIY mods that you can do. 
That's right. I said DIY amp mods. And the Ooh. amp man is sitting here and he's got thumbs up approved. The fire marshal's over to the left. He's nodding. He's, um, then we've got attenuators. And then we have master volume. Now that's going to help us get work with what you have. Beyond that, we're going to take a look at some low watt amp options as well as adjustable wattage amps. And throughout all of this, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of everything because with every pro, there is a con. That's one thing that, that Rob is yeah. very scientific about. Um, he wants to make sure that you're not going into this blind. We don't want anybody saying this is absolute gospel. It's like no. everything, this is just here to help. We'll give us suggestions. Everything in music is subjective. So Right. I think to help set this up, the one of the big reasons that we're talking about this is, well, why can't you just you know turn your amp really low? Anybody with an amp that we're kind of considering here, which is a you know a, a, what like a fifteen watt amp and up, maybe, yeah, right or any, yeah, it, yeah. If you can't turn it up past one or two, maybe, are you're really not experiencing what the amp is built to do? <sighs> yeah. Again, it's all about your expectation, what you're hoping to get out of it. And and we'll touch on this later, but on some amps, there are several volume controls. So you can turn this one down, but this one up and get closer to that. Other more vintage yes, amps. I'm being a generalist right now and just yeah, saying yeah. that's so the it's, most common thing. Well, I'm in my basement, but I can't turn yeah, it up. I, so. I think that's the biggest thing. Like What I'm imagining here is basically Utah, where you used to be playing with a band. You had weekly rehearsal, bi-weekly rehearsal, right. whatever. And now- And I know what my amp sounds like when right. I have it at gig exactly. level and, volume. And, and now you're in your basement. You got your kids and your, your wife upstairs. And if you crack it above one, they freak out. So you got to try to emulate that feel and that right. response. I can turn it down, but, but it doesn't the sound the same. Exactly. And, and I'm I'm not getting the same response right. um, from my playing or- uh, from from whatever I have in my pedal chain, either exactly the whole yeah your whole rig response differently. Yes. So now so we're going to try to give you some suggestions. Oh, this how is going to be such a good show! That, my know? goodness, if we'd only get started with it. Let's go. All right, Rob, this is very much your show. We're going to okay. add color to it. So all right, get so, it, get us going. So we just talked about this. Let me just spend another quick moment talk about expectations. Something that you just you hit on really quick there. Um, remember that that. When you plug in your, your, you take your Les Paul out and you plug into your Tube Screamer and this and this and this and your Marshall and you have everything turned up to five, it's the entire signal chain at that volume with all the knobs set a certain way that's giving you the response you want. And I bring this up to point out that anytime you break that signal chain anywhere with any extra added piece of gear, whether it's passive or something you have to plug in you know, to power, it's going to alter that signal chain. So all these options we're going to talk about that we add in, just like you said, there's going to be pros and cons, but be aware that it's not going to be 100% the same. There is no way to get that direct, that cranked up tone on 10 at a quieter level. Right. It's going to get you close, but there's not going to be any one of these things that just- Does it one-to-one. Exactly. It's not going to be a one-to-one. So let's manage our expectations first and foremost. Yes. So first thing you wanted to talk about was? We're going to hit DIY mod. So again, DIY. we're going to touch on okay. this, this is what to do with the stuff you already have. Yep, yep, yep. And DIY meaning that this is something I would, if That's any of my That's short for do it yourself. Yeah, do it yourself. 
if any of my customers called me and said, Hey, I don't want to spend any money to bring in an amp and have you do something to it. What can I do to try to achieve this? These are some thoughts I would give him as quick options they can do safely. Um, one is preamp tube substitution. Um, more so on clean platform amps like a vintage Fender um, or like a Dr. Z or a, uh, a maybe a Vox, something that's more clean or just starting to break up where guys go, yeah, man, you know, I turn it on one and it's starting to compress a little bit, but it's already blasting me out of the basement. Mm-hmm. Well, you can change the preamps. You can take out any 12A X7 tube, put in an AU or an AT, and it will lower the volume of your amp. It'll cause to clip a little sooner, compress a little earlier, and drop the overall output. Okay, so say that the the, mm-hmm. the numbers one more time. Yeah, any 12A X7 tube. Um, typically, this is done with the first preamp tube, the V1 position in your amp, or the 12A X7 that's physically closest to the input jack. You can pull that out of your amp, put in a 12AT7 or an AU7, and it'll drop the volume. Um, it'll cause it to clip a little sooner, cause it to compress a little sooner. So to kind of emulate that being mm-hmm. cranked up a little more, but at a lower volume. And that'll still work for gigging too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are actually quite a few guys. This is uh, a real common thing that a lot of guys do with uh, the hot rod deluxe and DeVille models. Yes. I. That's one of the, that's the big reason I got rid of mine. I had a, a goes blues, from off to blues on. deluxe. And it, yeah, I was like, I'm on one. I can't, and it's, I, just, it's making my ears bleed. This is ridiculous. That is something I see so many customers do. They'll swap out that first tube and it does help. It's not a, oh my God change, but yeah. it's definitely like, oh, I hear it. Yeah. Okay. You know, it got me a little bit. Yeah. So that's one quick, easy thing. And the beautiful thing about swapping out preamp tubes like this, there's no biasing necessary. Just make sure you line up the pins correctly. Slap it in. You don't Turn like it. Turn it off. Unplug it. Unplug the tube. Yep. Put the new tube in. Bob's your uncle. You're good. As they say to our friends. Hey, Rob. Here. Yeah. Which uh, is, is the AT or the AU the lower output? AU is the lower one. Okay. Um, I don't have the amplification memorized. No, I, don't, but, no, uh, I just... This would, I would, be, I, this would be good to do a little video on the, you know, when you have yeah, time, you can, yeah. Rob. Assuming I, I you had a video. It. Todd thinks I don't work for a living. I, no, that's absolutely <laughs> not true. I know you do. <laughs> like, oh, that, that's I tell people whenever my Instagram's the quietest, it's yeah. not that I'm not busy. That's actually when I'm the busiest because right. I'm not even taking time to, of course. you know. So anyway, so that's the first DIY you can do. Um, now, will that work with a 7025 too? Yes. Do you know what a 7025 <laughs> is? Tony, you're going <laughs> to screw everybody up here. Math is hard enough. A 7025 is the British equivalent of a 12AX7. Yes, it has actually slightly different specs, though. Oh, it does. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I learned something today. Sl- I mean, slightly different. And nowadays, I, I believe most 7025s are just relabeled 12AX7s, but it's kind of like the equivalent between a 5881 and a 6L6. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Anyways, on to something that has something to do with this podcast. Um, output tube substitutions. Tony, you'll remember these maybe. Do you remember those THD yellow jackets? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They're still around. You can still buy them. Oh, I didn't really. I thought they were off the market. because nope. did, did, did they cause damage to amplifiers? or No. No. Um, the only time they ever caused any damage is people weren't buying the right one for their amplifier or weren't adjusting the bias, as the instructions said. Mm. Uh, okay, okay, so I'm going to play dumb guy in the room here for everybody for who's sitting there going, what the hell? Okay, so that the, the first one that you talked about, the DIY, mm-hmm. right? That is your That was your power amp. 
No, preamp. Preamp. That's what I meant. Preamps. I'm getting. See, I'm already getting mixed up. That's your preamp. Okay. And the and don't say power amp too. I'm sorry. It's my bad. I've had a long day. (laughs) Output tube. Output tube is the ones that we're working on right now. Now, what is the output tube? The The output tube um, is what they're actually. uh, a current amplifying device. They that that's what gives it the amp power to push the speaker. Okay. So so those typically the larger ones in the amp that are actually uh, what's responsible for the wattage of your amp. Gotcha. Basically. Gotcha. Okay. And, and what we're doing here is that you could take an amp, um, let's say like a super reverb. It's got a, a duet of six L six output tubes around sixty watts. So that means two. Two. If duet. you don't speak French. Yeah. Duet. Um, so what you can do is, is you can take out those output tubes, those two 606 output tubes, and there's by a company named THD, um, they make these adapters called yellow jackets. And they're just these octal bases that you can plug in place of your 606 tube, and you plug in a lower wattage EL84 in. Uh-huh. So at, from two tubes, you go to one tube. No, you still go to two. No, from two <laughs> tubes, you both. go to two tubes. Yep. But just different. Exactly. It's, just, Rat- it's a, like an adapter, if you will. It exactly. just plugs in. and you mean an adapter. And, or a B adapter. <laughs> okay. no, only an adapter. It is. An, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like Tony said, it's an, it's an adapter. So you take out the, the 30 watt per tube 606 and you put in, in replacement, a pair of 12 watt EL84s. Okay. So you've just dropped the... the is that going to make it sound pretty different then? Well, it will also Is that affect, make it sound pretty it different. It will then? also just like <laughs> there's plus and minuses to everything here. And yes, we've we've effectively dropped the wattage. Let's say of a super, we dropped the wattage by more than half. We dropped it to a maximum wattage of 24 volts. Huge. That's huge. But we've now put in a different tube that will have a different frequency response. Right. It will break up differently. That's your plus and minus. Okay. Now, now again, dumb guy. If what what causes more, you know, uh, when you're when people are talking about tube amps and stuff, and they're saying, okay, this is an EL84 platform, or this is a 6v6 or, or 6L6, those those have sounds associated they, with them. They they do, and it's it's not justified. Okay. Um, um, I I think okay. you're, you're you're probably caused about 27 car crashes right there. Well, but yeah, yeah, and 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 each of those tubes do have a a stereotypical characteristic frequency response sound to them. Uh-huh. But I think I think you're right. I think people think 606 and they think a super or a Vibrolux that Fender sound, right? Right. Or they think EL34 and they think vintage Marshall 70s right in early 80s Marshall EL84 is a Vox AC30 let's say They're right inextricably linked with yes, those sounds yes. and, and I think the biggest thing is is because that that was the preferred choice of that iconic manufacturer for the first decade or something gotcha okay where you could hear something that has EL34s and you probably be like, oh yeah, it's got what a six L six V six and a six V and they go, No, it's EL thirty four. And you'd be like, What? Wait, wait a minute. Okay. So it's not a hard and fast rule, you know? Gotcha. Um, I just imagined the the I can't remember I can never remember his name, but the guy from Simpsons got, <laughs> slammed on his brakes and goes, Shaw. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the guy with the snake on his arm, you know? Anyways. Anyway. Wait, wait, wait to add color time. I try. I try. I got to get by. I got to earn my pay here. Okay. So that's, so that's another easy one to do. Both of those unplug your amp. 
Yes, I'll get. Uh, there's a little bit of a caveat on the uh, the yellow jacket. Um, there are some amps you do have to adjust the bias on. Okay. Okay. And and there's so a just lot do of a little bit of homework. Exactly. Look at your manual. Maybe look up a few things on YouTube. Call Rob. Yep. Send me an email. Yep. Send, I'll, don't I'll, call Rob. Send him an email. Send me an email. Please don't call me. Just <laughs> don't just call him. <laughs> um, What's yeah. your number again, Rob? <laughs> FaceTime <No>. Rob. <laughs> Damn you guys. Okay. What's next? Okay. Next is uh, a tried and true method. Uh, more so the larger marshals. Anybody, if Tony, you'll, you'll be hip to this too. Um, if you have an amp that has four output tubes in it, mm -hmm. you remove two tubes. <laughs> the big question is which two tubes, the insides or the outsides? Well, okay. Almost all vintage amps and most pr current production amps. Um, if you're looking from the back of your amp, you have four large tubes in a line. And just like Tony said, do you take out the two inside or the two outside? It doesn't matter. And by inside or outside, we're simply saying in a, in a direct line of four, mm -hmm. the inside would be two and three. The outside would be one and four. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, look at me. Yep, yep. Um, and that works for, I would say, 99% of the amps out there. Um, there's a few of you out there that are going to try to do this, and when, when you do this, your amp will sound absolutely horrendous. You have the, the oddball amp brand where they didn't pair them left and right, and literally the, the matching pairs are one and three and two and four. So when you pull two tubes, you might accidentally remove half the sine wave. Got it. Can't do anything for you there. <laughs> okay. So again, you have just, to do a little research, like just, anything just Marshall, anything Fender, you can just pull. Right. Two. Right. Um, now, when you do that, you should ideally have the bias adjusted. And again, I listen under DIY because a lot of people now have the tools and knowledge to, sure. be able to adjust the bias on their own. And, and if you want to adjust the bias, that's something that is, there's plenty of documentation on that. Just Google online. it, and you yeah. can get these neat probes for, for people that literally have no idea what they're doing. They plug right into the socket. They give you all your numbers you need, and yeah. yeah, Cool. So that's definitely, like I said, it's You now can DIY. also take this to your local amp expert Absolutely. and have it done. Yep, yep, yep. So anyways, but like I said, you removing two output tubes typically for the larger, actually not typically, it has to be for a larger wattage amp that has four output tubes. Okay, so that would start at... How many watts? Like 50, 40 watts? Um, depends on the configuration. Uh, possibly as low as 50 watts if it's got four EL84s in it. Okay. Typically, a lot of guys were doing it with 100 watt Marshalls. So all the guys with the sun amps who were like, Man. The really big things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Stupid really COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the death metal guys out yeah. there. Yeah. What, what if your amp doesn't have tubes? Well, then, then you should Tony, go, shut then, up. Then you should go right. buy a real amp, then, Tony. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I, uh, the, the, a question on that. Does that the, will that work with a AC thirty that has four eighty fours? Yes, it will. But um, you would you would almost definitely have to have your tech go in and swap a resistor, a cathode resistor. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. And actually, and what you're uh, discussing right there is actually, uh, if you ever look on a. Uh, uh, matchless uh, DC 30. It's got a mm -hmm. half power switch on the back. Yep. And that's exactly what it's doing is it removes two tubes and it switches out the cathode resistor that biases those tubes. Gotcha. So yeah, oh, there you go. That's exactly you know what, what that is. Well, you're talking about 
is actually metaphorically like the Dodge, like we'll just say, quote, the Hemi power displacement. What's what's the cylinder displacement? What's the yeah? What's the correct term? Power displacement. I I believe it's multi-displacement Hemi. Yes. Yes. So when you go, you can either have uh, you go from eight cylinders down to four cylinders. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good analogy, Todd. Thanks, man. Uh, That's what I'm here for. All right. So those those basically those four the swapping out the preamp tubes, putting in yellow jacket converters for output tubes, removing two of your output tubes, um, are three of the DIY, uh, you know, end user solutions. Right. Another one that actually just really quick. This because I'm I'm also playing like the listener advocate mm-hmm. here, yep. which is you just described a whole bunch of technical stuff, and I'm like. Man, I can't do that. You can. Yes, you can. You can. And there's yeah. an there's an amp expert right across from me saying you can do this. Yep. Go and slow. Do your research. You know, educate yourself a little bit. This is nothing that's unattainable. You're not going to blow anything up, pretty much. And you're not going. Okay, I'm going to just back up all of uh, all that stuff. But it, you can do it, and it's and you it's can do it. safe stuff. Just exactly. don't have the thing plugged in. Exactly. Um, the last quick DIY mod that you can do, uh, Todd actually brought up when we were on the phone conversation a couple of days ago, um, speaker substitution. Yes. For your little combo. Yes. For or not your combo. For anything, really. For anything, really. If you, let's say you're you're rocking a Mesa Boogie amp that has one of their, um, I think they're called C90 speakers. It's a 90 watt speaker. It's ungodly efficient and beefy. Efficient meaning that the... the it's not going to break up. It's not going to break up, but, but from technical terms for um the wattage that you put into it it will produce a, a higher spl than another speaker what's an spl uh sound pressure level so okay. actually the the volume that your ears hear it'll create more of that versus another speaker that's less efficient mm, so the more oh efficient the speaker it's going to take that power and use all of it to create more volume I use description like a boogie. So this is real world. There's lots of guys out there playing in bands that they have this boogie, a uh, mess of boogie, one twelve amp channel switching all this. And it's great for playing live with their band, everything they get a home and it's just way too loud in the basement, you know, right. with their wife upstairs and everything. Um, part of the reason will be that speaker is so efficient. It puts, you put the tiniest amount of uh, voltage wattage applied to it. And it's very loud. If you go with a less efficient speaker, which is typically also a lower wattage speaker with mm-hmm. smaller magnet, it will noticeably decrease the the vo- perceptible volume to you. Right, and you'll get the breakup earlier, which is exactly. the, what you're expecting if you have your amp turned up live. Exactly, it'll be a, do a little bit of everything there. Yeah, cool. Um, and it doesn't have to be just anybody with a Mesa Boogie. It's you yeah. can apply this to just about anything. Just about anything. Yeah, it's especially if you've got if you've got an amp. Uh, that has a speaker in it that's more 50 watts or more speaker. If you would put in a 20, 25 watt speaker, you're going to notice a noticeable drop in volume at the same position on your amp. Right. And just like you said, it'll also be breaking up a little sooner. It'll be a little softer sound and won't be as immediate and as abrasive to you. Right. Um, and the beautiful thing is any end, end user can do this. You know, if you can work a screwdriver, you can pull your speaker out, yep. pop in another one. Too true, no. too true. Yep. Is there a caveat you'd like to give to, uh, Rob? Um, yes. Don't turn up your amp after, or don't crank your amp. Uh, let's say you have that Mesa Boogie amp that's a 60 watt 112 combo, and you just put a, a 20 watt green back in it. Don't turn it up all the way. You will huff your brand new speaker you just put in it. Mm. So a little common sense that's has to be used. a scientific term there. for 
blow it. Blow it. You you you'll smell lots of bad things very quickly. Yeah. 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 Uh, now this is also a kind of a clever a clever way to not necessarily impair your actual. So like I got my Supro. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can unplug that mm-hmm. and plug go into mm-hmm. a secondary amp, which mm-hmm. I could have basically this this the lower wattage speaker for at home use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now you just said secondary amp. Let's. I mean, it's a secondary uh, cabinet. speaker cabinet. Cabinet. Sorry. Yeah, and it also gives you a reason to buy a new toy at a pretty because you can get second hand speaker cabinet for a couple three hundred bucks. Oh yeah, know, loaded with something. I mean, yeah, you can you right. can buy a bunch of. There's like amps, they're full amps that people are can't even give away by certain brand names that we won't mention. Mm-hmm. That all you got to do is just not use the amp and replace the speaker. You're, Absolutely, you're good to go. Yep, yep, you could do all that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like a like a PV. No. Yeah, okay, that's pretty much what PV. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> What's next? Okay, so that wraps up DIYs. I thought DIY that was going to take mods, ten minutes. But that's it great. Took way longer. So you should know that by now. Yeah. Nice. What's second on our? Uh, Attenuators. Attenuators. Okay. Mm. See, I had this oh, way the later. the mystical but... world of attenuators. Okay. Mm. So, what and, an atten- and for, Before you start, for the record, okay. this is not... You, we could almost do a 101 only on attenuators. We could almost do a 101 on, on, on any of this any stuff. Of this. Right. Yeah. So, we're not... We're I'm going to fly surface through attenuators. Level yes. to, to just get you, you know, yes. what you need to know. Okay. So, um, attenuator in general is usually a device that you plug in between your amplifier, your speaker output on your amplifier, and your speaker. Mm-hmm. Generally, that's what we're going to be talking about when we talk about add-on attenuators. Okay. Um, first, let's start with the passive ones. Passive meaning you don't have to plug any power into it. No 9-volt adapter and no big you know, AC, IEC power cable. It's completely passive. You take your speaker cable from your output of your amp, into this box and another speaker cable out of the box into your speaker itself. Question mm-hmm. yet, Todd? Uh, no, I'm just okay. thinking it's like a pillow because uh, you okay. got your head and the bed and in between the head and the bed is your pillow wow. and, and it softens things up and it makes it easier to use because otherwise your neck's going to hurt and it's not going to be good. Boy, I'd like to live inside your head for a day. <laughs> it's no. a mess. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so th- these are passive speaker attenuators. Um, probably w- the earliest one, uh, I believe, was di- designed by Ken Fisher, Trainwreck. It was a very simple L. That's the name of the thing. You're not calling Ken Fisher a Trainwreck. No, no, no. That was okay. that was his, more simple. His amp, yeah. the, the brand like, of amps he made. Ken Fisher, <coughs> Trainwreck. The Trainwreck. Yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. that's rude. Yeah. Um, no. but anyways, yeah. Uh, I, I believe he was responsible for producing and selling the very first one. Uh, it was very simple. It was literally a large wattage resistor in there mm-hmm. and then an L pad, high wattage, uh, potentiometer. Right. And that's all it was. And basically it, it's, it's a big volume knob that would take the power of your amp and turn it down before it went to the speaker. It's like a marshmallow sized resistor. Exactly. Yeah, it's one big, and and, and you could roast marshmallows. Not the little kind you yes. put in your cocoa, like big ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good point, Tony. They, they, yeah, they're usually put in oversized boxes because they dissipate a lot of heat. Gotcha. Um, and Doctor Z, I don't know if you remember this or not. If you remember I'm Dr. familiar Z. with Doctor Z. Well, I don't know if you remember this, Todd. That I, that um, he spoke 
when we were up there visiting last year yep. that um, he still makes the air brake and it's actually, it's a Ken Fisher design that he still has license to and everything. Aha. Uh -huh. So that original design is still being made. I probably with some tweaks, but Dr. Z, you can go buy that right okay. now. Okay. And I'm sure Dr. Z would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're still great units, but that's the most basic and that's resistive passive attenuator. Only okay. resistors in there. Next one to quickly talk about is the Marshall Power Brake. That is another passive speaker attenuator. They do it in a different way. Rather than resistors, they have a transformer in there that has a bunch of different taps on it. And when you switch attenuation levels, it selects a different tap on the transformer that lowers the output to your speaker. Okay. So when it's off, it's a one-to-one -one transformer. The windings are match one-to-one, -one, so whatever goes in goes right back out the other side of the transformer. Right. But then as you turn it down, it's sending less and less signal out to the speaker. Got it. And it's a neat way of doing that because what happens when you play a note on your guitar, it goes through the whole amp, the output tube sends a signal through the transformer to your speaker. And as the speaker moves, it the inductance and impedance of that speaker changes every bit of the position as it moves with different frequencies, different amplitudes. Mm -hmm. Your amplifier sees, in air quotes, those changes from your speaker, and that's what makes your amp and speaker kind of talk to each other. So it becomes uh, a handshake relationship. Right. When you put in... It's kind of like a handshake. It is. It's, <laughs> it's just like a handshake. Good, good talk. Oh, my God. You're learning. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, I'm learning. Thanks. The resistive attenuator, like the Ken Fisher or Dr. Z air brake, breaks that, that handshake. They don't see each other directly. Mm. The Marshall power brake, because it goes through a transformer, those changes are still seen by each other. Not they just have gloves on. Yeah. Very, that's actually a, see, I'm now, telling now you, man, you nailed I'm, it. Now I you always nailed it. nail it. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, they have gloves on. It's it's not a direct relationship anymore. So it's not exactly the same, but it's it's a different kind. It's a different way of, of doing the same thing. Right. Some guys prefer the power brake by Marshall. Some guys prefer something like an air brake from Dr. C. Two different options, right. both passive. Can I ask you a question before you uh, move any further? Um, we just got through talking about speakers and efficiency mm -hmm. if you if you get yourself uh, you know a nice new air brake but you have a really efficient speaker and you're expecting to hear your amp sound like it you want it to sound is that ooh. well yes and no um you're absolutely right part of the the whole thing it, and what you talk about it's your rig entirety meaning if if you have your amp set on three volume wise three just random number and you're getting the edge of breakup when you dig in hard, that is most likely your preamp, your output, and your speaker all distorting a little bit together. Gotcha. So to your point, Todd, when you put in a, a passive attenuator, but you keep the same speaker, you're going to lose the breakup of the speaker. Gotcha. You're going to be able to emulate the rest of your rig breaking up, but you're absolutely right. You're not physically pushing that speaker as hard right. to break up in the same so way. So for, for the optimum experience... If you're trying to take your your Marshall, mm -hmm. you know, insert whatever head, and your you know, uh, let's say you got a, a you know four cabinet, mm -hmm. right? Unless, like, to to get what you want that to sound like, if if you are playing at gig volume and you're getting that breakup, an attenuator 
isn't going to get you almost is only going to get you kind of there. You need to adjust the speakers. All of these options will only get you. Yes, but I'm saying there. in that that chain. Well, well yeah, and, and now here's the danger of of that though too. Uh, uh, the more things you change, the further away you're going to get from the initial frequency response right. too. Because unfortunately, just like we talked about qu sure. earlier with speakers, it will. You we're never going to get a one to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. so, and and I do know actually several local players that were doing this pre-pandemic. Where, to your point, they will use several attenuating devices on an amp, a, each a little bit to pull down their amp a more noticeable amount. Right. But with without just doing drastic side effects for j just doing one. Right. If that makes right. sense, you know. And this is maybe even more applicable to those who are like, just give me a, just give me a guitar, a chord, and an amp. And I'll, that's the sound that I want, but they have to play it louder. Yeah. Because you're yeah. still going to get like you know, the, the breakup sound once you start getting into fuzzes and heavy distortions. I, you're really kind of well, it's starting to get a little mushy area there. Well, I would say that, but probably for you, you completely understand this, Todd, that, that that's not the case because you probably use you know some fuzz. Yes, that I, have there's, some, a, there's some gains, definitely a difference. But, but yeah, unless you get the amp just amplifying. It's the, it's the pushing. It's the amplification, not right. necessarily that edge of breakup. Right. That, and and it's know. two different sounds. You know, if yeah. you may actually like that sound where the preamp's cranked, you got a pedal crushing it, and there isn't a whole lot of amplifier or speaker breakup. So, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, too many variables, too many. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people, especially that listen to the show, have specifically bought like, quote, mm -hmm. pedal platform amps. Mm -hmm. So you can use an attenuator and this will definitely help. But mm -hmm. if you're maybe trying to, you know, play like Bonamassa or, or Steve Ray Vaughan or something like that, it's where it's like, harder. you're not relying on the pedals. You ha you're going to have to do a couple of these steps probably. Most likely. All right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yep. Hey, hey! before we move away from passive uh, attenuators, I think one thing to mention, some of them are adjustable, but most are not. Uh, you want to make sure that that attenuator matches the output of your amplifer in terms of uh, the the uh, resistance or the yeah the, ra the, the rated impedance. You're absolutely right, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for adding that in, actually. I would say, yeah, I mean, Probably nine out of every ten passive attenuator. You're absolutely right. You have to buy the correct one for your amp, um, four, eight, or sixteen ohms. Mm. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. You want to match those. Um, and there are some that are switchable. And actually, one I wanted to mention for the passive thing before we get away from it is uh, the Weber Mass. Um, they M A S S. M A S S. Okay. They make I don't know five or six of these Weber speakers. Weber speakers. Weber right. speakers. Who they make this. the attenuator as yes. well? It's called the Weber Mass Attenuator. Yes. Um, and to Tony's point, um, they make out of the five or six they make, two or three of them are selectable, so you can select four, six, four, eight, or sixteen, or maybe two of those. Right. Which many amps have that selectability. On right. The right. But this is nice because typically, let's say you want to use it with with your existing one twelve cab and your head. Let's say. Yeah. Well, the cabinet's eight ohms. You know. So unless you replace that speaker too, you got to make sure that you match the right one yeah. for your rig already. So you, you just got to do a little little research. The yeah. Weber stuff is a lot of them are adjustable, so you can That's buy cool. one to use for several amps and be able to use the same one. The other neat thing about the Weber, um, as far as I know, it's the only company doing this. Um, rather than just resistors or inductors, transformers in the uh, attenuator, they actually put in a speaker voice coil. Mm. Oh. So there is a speaker basically inside of every single mass Weber mass unit. The neat thing about this is that 
you can emulate how a speaker might react through resistors, capacitors, inductors, transformers, but this actually has a speaker in it. So what the point there is that the handshake between your amplifier and your speaker is recreated by the pillow between it. Right. Yeah. Really With a neat. thinner glove. A, a, like a latex amazing, glove. Exactly, exactly. And again, it's getting weird. As now. far as I know, the Weber Mass is the only one to have a speaker motor inside their attenuator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is neat. Okay, yeah, cool. So yeah, so there you go. So th- that kind of goes through the passive speaker attenuator options. And again, we didn't mention the 100 different brands that are out There's there. There's loads and loads of them. Loads. And like you mentioned earlier, Todd, you, you can get them on, on Reverb and eBay for as cheap as like 50, 60 bucks now. Right. Bare bones. But do your homework and find out what you need, what you want. Exactly. What features you want. And then you just got to try one and see if you like the sound of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So now let's go to the active loads. Okay typically referred to as reactive loads. We're still talking about attenuators. Still attenuators. Yeah. But we're on the more big dollar ones, and and they're active, meaning that they take some sort of voltage to power them. Right. So you're going to run, you know, one of those detachable computer cable IECs to it, or it's going to have a 9-volt or 12-volt adapter to run it. Right. Typically with these, almost all of them on the market have IR... um, uh, compatibility, I guess we'd want to say mm-hmm. impulse response. Right. Um, so there, there, it's it's not just a a box with a few components in it that attenuate the sound down. This will actually pull the signal off of the big amperage that comes out of your amp, and then allow you to manipulate it. And it sends it out in many different ways. One is just an attenuator, like. Uh, Jared's aux. Mm-hmm. It's got right. a ton of features on it, but one option is to just plug in from your amp speaker in and then speaker out to your cabinet. And on the front panel, you have an attenuation dial. Mm-hmm. And in that box, it, it, it is active, but it also does passive attenuation at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it, but then the added bonus is that you get extra outs, which probably what direct into the, Direct into a console. Right. You can either go uh, XLR balanced out. You can go USB direct to a uh, DAW unit. Um, or probably how, how Jared's using them are his headphone. Is that how you're using them? Yeah. Um, I usually use them for the NAM shows when, you know, you can be around other people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, headphones. And, and basically I bought those that, you know, for people that can listen to a an amp like a JCM 800 or a, a nice fender amp uh through headphones but you're mm-hmm. you're hearing a true you know uh, it's better than just in my opinion a, a sound processor you know right right yeah yeah so so like what Jerry will do he'll take out his marshall and plug it into this into the the aux unit right and it'll you don't even have to have a speaker attached to it but you can't have a speaker attached to it for the attenuation right He's got to go into headphones as well, or like what you said, you right? Know, where uh, yeah, you go into XLR in any out. kind of other, yeah, exactly. There's yeah. a lot, a lot of options. Very, very useful, especially if you're saying doing. I am doing home recording. Mm-hmm. I am gigging live. Mm-hmm. I am just playing in a low in a in a place that I don't want to blow it out. Exactly. Exactly. Very useful. And and, and I'm going to blow through these really quick. That. Typical output options you have are balanced output, which is the XLR microphone output to go to a mixer. 
headphone output, which is just what it sounds. You can plug in your headphones. So if you have this thing in and it's two in the morning, you want to plug in your rig, but you can't have any sound. You could plug in your headphones, crank up your Marshall amp in your basement, and the family won't hear a thing. Um, USB interface for what you're talking about, recording straight to a DAW, or even just using it to go into your DAW to monitor yourself. Right. Which is your... That's what we talked about before. That's your computer interface, essentially. Yeah, what is it? Digital audio Digital. workstation? Yep. Yeah, okay. Woo um, and then, of course, what we've already talked about, speaker-level attenuation, mm-hmm. where a lot of these will have speaker-level attenuation. You insert it between your power uh, amp and your speaker, and you could still play through your cabinet just at a much lower volume. Right. Do your research. There are dozens of different companies making these things. One will have three of these options. Another one will have all four. Mm-hmm. It's You just got to decide what options you want. Do you want headphones? Do you even care about that? Do you just want it to be an attenuator? Do you need a small unit? Do you, are you okay with a big giant thing exactly. like an ox? You know? yeah. How much money you want to spend? You know, you can get the cheapest. You can get like a two notes capture plus, I think, or maybe just capture is the cheapest one now. Two, three hundred bucks. It's very small. It's it's small it's in size of a brick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And they get the pedal board ones that are specially made yeah. for it. Yeah. So you can get all the way from that for a few hundred dollars to the ox, which is how much is that, Jared? Like 14? 13, 13, 1400. Yeah. Brand new. Or if you get two of them, Do they give you then a it's 2800. I bought one new and I bought one slightly used. Oh, so yeah. 2200. A couple hundred bucks difference. And I'm going to ask a stupid question. I think I already know the answer, Jared. Have you ever plugged yours into a DAW digital audio workstation? <laughs> no. So you're uh, yes, I, I absolutely yeah, actually yeah, I did. And and you're going to laugh, but I did use it to record in the Garage Band. No, oh, that's, what, it's, that's, that's what we're exactly talking about. What it's yeah, yeah it, it sounded absolutely amazing. Well, yeah. So, so so you did. The reason I asked that question is that in something like the Ox you've got a plethora of cabinet speaker options, microphones, distances. Yes. It's amazing what that thing plethora. will do. Plethora. Yeah. So I mean, actually, maybe even more important. So uh, tiny, tiny, we're going to just look down the side street here. What you just talked about is is a major difference between in the digital experience. If you go from like a USB interface and you go into like logic or something it there are some amp things there are some cab things but it's meant to be capturing the sound that you are already creating whereas garageband is very much geared to i'm just putting an electric signal in i can plug a guitar into a, a, a cheap usb mm-hmm. and then choose all my amps and pedals and everything like that so this is very effective if you're trying to capture your actual sound, your right. your rig, your gig rig into a computer, this is one of the best ways to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I think that pretty much sums up attenuators. Again, going from the passive to the active that have all the bells and whistles like the aux. Yep. Indeed. All right. Master volume. Master volume. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is, so we're going back to an amplifier, no outside add-on like we, we just talked about. These are all going to be changes you can make, or not changes you can make, changes you can have a tech make to your yes. amplifier. This is no longer DIY. Right. You need to take it to a tech. Well, 
Unless you're really handy and already know what you're doing, I suppose. Let's but. just say you take it to a tech. I'll take it to a tech. <laughs> so um, one option is master volume, um, depending on what your amp circuit is. We're assuming that you're talking about, let's say, uh, uh, deluxe reverb reissue. Okay? There is a volume on it, but there's no, quote, master volume. How the circuit is worked, that volume control on your, your vintage Fender design is actually an input gain control. That pot comes very, very, very early on in the signal path and controls how much signal goes through the whole amp. When you put a master volume control on your amplifier, that master volume control you're adding is much later in your amp after your preamp. So what I'm getting at here is that if you were to turn up your, your volume on your Fender Deluxe to three and a half, and you're just starting to get that compression breakup but your ears are bleeding in the basement, if you were to put a master volume on it, you could then attenuate the signal in the middle of the circuit of the amp, right after the preamp, after it's already starting to clip, but turn it down before it gets to the output section that amplifies it. Gotcha. Just like we've talked about before, there's drawbacks on everything. Mm -hmm. And you, it definitely- Well, and master volumes are probably most closely associated with the Marshalls. Yes, yeah, well, it's uh, late 70s, uh, twin reverbs, uh, quad reverbs, and um, 800 series Marshalls were some of the first production amps to have master right. volume but, controls on them. But the, 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 the modification for those, I mean, I know Jared, Jared, I think you have two of those, right? Uh, I have... With the master volume mods? Yeah, I, I have a Marshall with that mod, and I do have a... Uh, Twin reverb fender that was brown, that was brown faced. Yeah, so that's a good sounding amp too. Oof. Yeah, that's a really dark sounding amp. So if you have like a a Stratocaster or a Tele that's got traditional sounding in, you know, low wind in uh, pickups, I can't. Come on, man. I make pickups. I know what pickups are. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> that, they sound really good through that amp. It's like, yeah. yeah it, it's not a screechy, high, ice-picky sound. Yeah. But does that one have a master volume on it? I think it does. I'm pretty sure it does. It's, it, it, yeah, it, it, I, I hope it, so, because we just talked about it for about a good well, five minutes. And, <laughs> and, and if it does have a master volume, it definitely was an original circuit. But yes, I, I, I have been putting more master volumes um, on Fender amps in the past decade than, than ever before. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because guys are are pre-pandemic. They're taking in their deluxe reverb in venues now, yeah. And the sound guys yelling at them for bringing in a twenty-two watt amp. Yeah. So the guys are like, "Man, I want my Fender sound. I need it a little quieter. What do I do?" And yeah. It's like, well, a master volume is an option now, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of ironic because when they first started putting them on twin reverbs in the late seventies, people hated those things because they didn't sound like a twin anymore. Right. <laughs> now, now one, are you one? So I'll go ahead, Tony. I was just going to ask, Rob, uh, when you're doing those, are you putting the masters on the back of the amp or uh, like, I mean, that, that's I, the way I remember them, or are you uh, repurposing one of the, uh, the pots in the, uh, on the front face? I do my best to put them on the back of the amp. Usually I, I put it um, either in place of a foot switch jack that uh, the customer just doesn't use um, or the second speaker output is where I usually try to put them. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, just I, I, a couple of reasons. Number one, um, what the circuitry... So I guess let's back up a little bit and we'll talk about... Th there's different types of master volumes you can use. Um, 
usually in most mods for what you're talking about, like a Fender, let's say a Marshall, you're putting in what's called a post-phase inverter master volume. Post-phase inverter master volume, or known as PPIMV. It's, that's, nothing's known by that. If you type in <laughs> PPIMV, this will come up. So, but to, to Tony's point, um, so this post-phase inverter master volume, it's after the phase inverter, right before the output tubes. And this is important because this way you get as much of the amp unattenuated as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And you're attenuating the signal right before it gets the so last. It's a built-in attenuator. Part. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and my point of, of why I bring this up now is that uh, uh, I where this is inserted in the signal chain is right before the output tubes. So putting it on that back panel in replacement of where speaker jack was keeps things very localized. So you're not running the signal through the whole amp to replace an unused input jack, let's say, because mm. running that signal through the whole amp, it'll induce noise through the rest of it. Mm. Um, and you also lose some signal, um, just tone, because you're running through all this extra. So how how would you know, if I'm sitting there at home, I'm like, I have a volume knob. Why do, do, do I, does my amp need a volume, well, a master here, volume Well, here knob? you go. If your amp only has one volume knob, that is actually an input volume. It's uh, never later in the amp. It's always going to be interesting volume. So my Supro, mm-hmm. you, I could do a master volume you could. mod. You could. Wow. You could, yeah. And, and, and kind of keep it simple if you, well, not simple, but another way of uh, analogy, if you look at a mixing console, you got your input gain, you got your fader, right? Mm-hmm. On an amp that only has one volume, that fader is always up all the way all the time. And all you're adjusting is that little input gain knob. Okay. Interesting. And, and there's possible, sometimes with some circuits, you don't have to put in a post-phase inverter master volume. You can actually find that resistor that's always on 10 mm-hmm. and change it to a pot. Sometimes you can do that. Other times, there's no good way of doing that. You put in a post-phase inverter master volume. Um, and, and the neat thing about those two is uh, how it actually works. It doesn't change the circuitry around it. So everything still operates like it should. It just right. So it's not out. totally destructive. Exactly. Good. Which is Thank what a lot of the Marshall ones said. They added in exactly. It changed how the things it around the it would work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The post phase inverter master volumes can be very, very transparent how they work. Yeah. Yep. And and if someone were to do this or have some, someone like you do it, mm-hmm. uh, it is reversible. Should 100%. they want to go back? Hundred Any decent tech will do it in such a way that it can be reversed and be completely. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nobody would be the wiser if they looked at it. You know. Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And so that's the point. Like, I, and back in the early '80s. Guys didn't foresee 70s Marshalls, 70s Fenders, late 60s Fenders being worth anything. So they were drilling holes on face plates and putting <laughs> in volume, just butchering them. You know, yeah, where yeah. now any tech worth the damn, if, if you brought in your amp said, Yeah, I want to drill a hole, put a master volume here, they'll go, No. Yeah. Take it somewhere else. You know, yeah. we're going to, just like Tony said, we're going to find something you're not using, a jack you're Leave not using my somewhere. Sight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. We're three out of five. Okay, what's this next? is this is everybody's like, gee, many Christmas. How long is this? This is a two hundred episode show. That's so you know. This seems to be a pattern when I come on though. It is, but that's just because we have a wealth of knowledge and we want to share it. Well, I thought you said it had to be two hundred minutes long. 
Oh, oh it's going to be well over. <laughs> I know. I don't know. No, it is. It's going to be. It's going to be almost three hours. Yeah. No, it won't be three hours. <laughs> my see my math. Yeah, your math. <laughs> all right. So we've covered all, not all the ways, but most of the ways that you're going to be able to modify, moderate the. Oh, 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 ooh, oh I'm ooh. sorry. I got to stop you. Yeah. Real quick. One more thing about master volume. There's one more option that's super cheap okay and completely diy if you want to do this okay if your amp has an effects loop there are some amps out there that only have I one thought you're gonna say trim. volume pedal <laughs> yes <laughs> oh no no no, no, no. <laughs> you're serious <laughs> i i am not kidding i oh, am absolutely amazing i am absolutely not kidding so if, if your amp only Nine has one ten if your amp only has one volume control but does have an effects loop and there's some out there um i'm trying to think uh yeah, I think I think maybe Benson or Milkman makes some like this, but they have an effects loop, but it's only got three or four tone control and one volume on it. Right. Yeah, put a volume pedal in the effects loop, or GHS actually makes a tiny little black box that has just a pass. It's called the volume. black box. There you go. And all that is, it's just a a audio potentiometer uh-huh. that will. Mm-hmm. Right. It and it attenuates the signal after the preamp before the power amp. Yes. And that's something that you can buy for 40, 50 bucks, put in. If you like it, great. If you don't, no big deal. Yeah. You know, you're not out much money. So right. sorry, okay. I had to put that one in there. No, excellent. That's that's great. Um, so we've handled all the things that that you know with your your existing gear. We've pretty much got you on the road to is it road perdition? Is perdition bad? Perdition is bad. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I was just, I second guessed myself. I was like, wait, no, perdition bad. No, we, we, we got you on the road to the, success. The road here. to success, the road to glory in your, yeah. <laughs> in your now much more quieter playing space. Hopefully, yes. Okay, unless, so. Unless you're in a Black Sabbath cover, cover band. Right, yes. And then, then there's, well, that that's a whole other thing. And we talked about this before <laughs> yeah. when we first started about putting several of these things together. Um, there's one local player in particular that has done exactly that. They've switched the first preamp tube in their deluxe yeah. to an AT7 to lower that gain. Yep. I've installed a post-phase inverter master volume. Or a PPIMV. Wow, look at you. Look at you. What do you mean? That's what they're known as. Well, I, but 10 minutes ago, you didn't have that knowledge. <laughs> um, so, so he's got that in there, and then he also uses a Weber mass attenuator. Right. Um, and all of these... Drop it, let's say 10, 15%, but collectively, it's a very impactful difference. Interesting. Very so, cool. Yeah. All right. Continue talking. Mix Sorry. and match. Do it. All right. So now, if you're like, yeah, 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 I want to keep all that gear and I know I'm never, it's never going to be exactly the same, or maybe you just like getting new gear. Like, hey, we all do, right? So, what are we going to, to uh, you know, p- do now? Now we're going to cover low wattage amps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and a slew of caveats, <laughs> um, and adjustable water jamps mm-hmm. also with a slew of caveats. Yep. Now, everybody who is paying attention on Instagram and Facebook's and all this stuff is like low water jamps are pretty hot right now. Yep. And most of your favorite, uh, amp builders are making some form of a low water jamp, even to the point of them being like almost like little console amps where, or, or, even a uh, uh, pedal board style, but yeah, we're talking about like a low wattage, um, more general speaking amplifier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some of the, our, our pal G Foppy, he's got one called the Los Dos. Jared's got that amp. That's a two watt amp. 
Also, the Greer Mini Chief, which is a three watt amp, mm-hmm. um, which I've got a. Uh, I heard at his at his place uh, back in Georgia, absolutely blew me away. The sound yeah. of that is incredible. Yep. And there and, are there are, there are plenty of of mass produced amps too, like the oh, yeah. uh, Marshall Class Five. There's uh, Vox AC. Three AC one is the smallest one. AC one is the smallest one. AC one, right. and Tiny. so yeah, there's you know there's all kinds, but yeah, the boutique ones are definitely well worth looking oh, at. Man. Yeah, they sound fantastic. But okay, so with all of that stuff floating around, there are you know the the claim with most of these things is this like it's a low water jamp, which is go- essentially going to make it sound like a roaring amp, just not at roaring amp volume. Because you're gonna be breaking up earlier, way sort earlier, of. sort of, we'll mostly, maybe, ish. Okay, <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not the legal guy. I'm just I, saying, I, like, I, what the general under, you know, that this is yeah. what the no, kind I, of the general I, I understanding is. You make a statement, and all of us are like, <laughs> it's, I'm used to that. I'm used to that. I'm, I'm full of common knowledge. It's not always right knowledge. Um, and then the, um, it, it's basically that you're able to have a more controllable sound, but also you could use it to do small gigs and stuff. That's yeah, what they're, you know, common knowledge being sold as. Okay. Well, yeah, and, and remember this, so as we're talking about wattage, remember this, that um, generally, if all things are equal, as far as frequency response, your speakers, everything else, if you double the wattage of an amplifier, you will only gain 3 dB of SPL, sound pressure level which is generally equates to like one notch louder audible to your ear. So if you go from 50 watts to 100 watts, it's not twice as loud. Right. It's like one notch louder. What changes is your clean headroom. Right. How percussive it is, how clean it is before breakup. Right. And maybe I let me let me caveat this by saying just a little bit that it when I'm saying it breaks up earlier. I'm not saying in a, just a dry signal. If you sent a signal through, it breaks up earlier. It's the, like the sensitivity. If you dig into it, it's going to be responsive earlier yeah. than, than if you had like yes. a 40 watt amp and you tried to yes. do that, it would just be louder. It, it, it Yes, absolutely. If, if you had, um, let, let's just, uh, we'll keep it kind of simple here. Let's say we compare a five watt amp and a 40 watt amp. Um, if we ran the math on that, uh, I believe it would be, yeah, the five watt amp would be nine dB lower SPL than a 40 watt. Okay. Which is noticeable. But it's like three clicks. It's not half it's, but it's very noticeable. Mm-hmm. Right? But to your point, everything about the five watt amp will break up sooner than the 40 watt at a comparable SPL level. Right. Um, the output tubes, the preamp, the speaker, everything, which is great. If you're playing like, like, uh, blues kind of stuff or like you know where you're yeah. you're kind of doing the, the slow quiet and then all of a sudden you dig in absolutely you can, that's and, what blues sounds like and especially for <laughs> blues you get that at a much more controllable level right um i any i don't know if any of you guys are hip to chris duarte never heard of him tony chris duarte mm. who is he with yes. nobody oh uh, yeah so, I, re- I remember him okay. he's a good buddy of mine so, i've done many many projects for him yeah <laughs> Texas uh, blues player, um, kind of not really famous, but kind of a thing. Twenty years ago, um, I, 
you have to edit out not really famous in case he listens to this. This is great so far. <laughs> he's he's great, great guy. But anyways, <laughs> I saw him years ago at Chelsea's tiny little bar here in Columbus, max oh, yeah. capacity, hundred people, right? Well, I walk in there, Tony. I'm sitting at the table all the way in the back. I had to leave halfway through. He had a 50 watt plexi through a 212. Uh, he had a Viber King and what? Something else. The blues guy? Blues guy. All three of these amps turned backwards, all of them running wide open and parallel at the same oh. time. Oh my God. I, yeah, I could see why you left. It was so, I had cotton in my ears. Why? And, and I was like, I can't stand this. Because his tone were these three amps dimed. It was Jeez. it was that point of breakup is what he wanted. So yeah. <laughs> okay. This is the guy that could use a small wattage yeah. amp, you know. But that was his tone was to push him all the way, get him to break up response, just like you're saying. So he could roll off his volume, it cleans up, he digs in. Yeah. And it barks. Yeah. 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 Well, that's exactly what I heard when I heard the mini chief. Um I did a little video on that on Instagram. It was like, I think it was about last year, maybe, yeah, last year or so. Um, so you may have to look for it, but uh, the sound was just, uh, oh, it was yeah. fantastic. And there are so many great options out there. Now, the, and we've talked about all the plus sides. You get it to break right. up sooner. And they're smaller. They're usually cheaper. All of that. All yeah. of that. The downside is that it's smaller, mm -hmm. and you're never going to get the big sound from it. Meaning, and what I mean by that is, is, is pushing the air, pushing the air. That's something that Rob and I talked about when we were setting up the show is like, I think that is one of the most misleading things about a small watt amp because you're like, oh, it's going to sound like it, you know, like we're asking it to, if you were putting it through a microphone, it's not going to sound absolutely the same. And here's, and here's the thing. Uh, the, the relationship, what, what you were going for yeah. was to say that to your ear and how you're playing and playing it in the room, it's not yeah. the same, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's also not the same for the microphone. That's, that's the thing is, is a lot of guys try to emulate these tones and then they put a microphone in front of it at a low level. Well, that microphone is also part of that chain. That SM57 being pummeled with 120 decibel reacts different than the SM57 at 95 decibel. Uh, Drastically different. Yeah, got it. Yeah, and it's, it's the same relationship. That microphone is like your so you ear. just put it closer. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's an important point. I'm glad you said that because that, yeah. that absolutely... It, right. It'll still react differently. You right. Know, part of that, you know, when you're trying to get that Led Zeppelin sound, it's the fact they had four Marshalls through four four twelves with these microphones that were right. just getting beaten down, you know. Right. And right. when you turn everything down with attenuators, everything, the microphone's not going to see the same signal anymore. Right. So but and that's what I mean. So when you get a small wattage amp tonally, you'll you'll probably it, from from the amp, you'll you'll get to where you very similar. Yeah, it'll be similar. Very similar. In the tone wise, but the that, feel is definitely is, not going to be the which case. Is, which is that sound pressure level. Right. Exactly. It, what, what you're feeling in the room. And the low end. Absolutely. The low end. Absolutely. That's the first thing. Yeah. Remember, low frequencies always take more power to stay tight, unclipped than higher frequencies. Yeah. Um, so when you start cutting the wattage, that's the first thing to go, quote, flubby. Right. It's going to be your low end, your low mids. Right. Right. So yeah, and and so there's your plus and minus. Is it you know you get a mini chief and it sounds fantastic for this sound at this setting, mm -hmm. you know to play in your basement. But you take out to the band, it's like man, I'm, I'm I've gotten lost now. Mm -hmm. That might be a possibility if everybody else in the band's very loud and you're expecting a tighter sound. Yeah. Yada yada. Good point. Excellent point. Yeah. 
Uh, anything else that we need to know about low water jams? Um, it's something that you mentioned to me on the phone too. Let's not forget. Um, typically low water jams, you said smaller physical size, smaller speaker as well, which yes. will change the whole sound. Right. Um, because the smaller speakers typically don't have as wide of a frequency response. Um, usually in the low end is where right. they're really lacking. Right. So and, and a little bit of the bright too, right? I find okay. I, I find a twelve like a ten inch speaker versus a twelve inch speaker. Yeah. Or even two eights or something. And yeah. and mm. if you compare them on a frequency chart, maybe the high end is supposedly there to my ear. Mm. A twelve always seems to have a little more extra like cut on the on the top end. Not a harshness, right. but just it stands out in a mix. Yeah. Um so yeah, so if you get a really small combo uh, oh let's say like a vox ac1 that's either an eight or a six and a half inch speaker in it it's gonna sound, sound like an eight or more, half, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you uh and with the only reason we're saying that is that that, that, that it's, these things are fine yeah but i think if you go out and you spend money on something even if it's from a boutique builder and you're like this is a low watt amp. I've, I heard it in the demos. This thing sounds amazing. And you get it mm-hmm. and you plug it in and it just feels, it feels anemic, right? May not sound anemic, but the feel of that is anemic. Then it's not necessarily that that's a bad amp or it's no. a bad builder or anything. It's no. like, it's like, well, that's what, what this is made to do. Like we started from the beginning. It's managing expectations. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Expectations, all this. And and this goes back to why a lot of guys still, uh, one of typical mod I do to a, to a fender champ is I get rid of the RCA speaker plug on the bottom of the chassis and replace it with a quarter inch. Cause so many guys love to take champs and put them through a Marshall two twelve or four twelve, Cause you just crank them and they sound glorious through that where mm. a, a champ, you know, on its own, is very small. less glorious. Yeah. I mean, it's got that yeah. very, it's got a thing. It's a sound. It's yeah, its exactly. own thing. Yeah. But yeah, when you take the same, you know, what, what is that? Uh, is that a 12 watt amp, Tony, a champ champ should be, no, it's like seven or eight, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's only got a single, uh, single 66. 66. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And it's, it's throttled by the, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like seven or eight watt, but so yeah. So that can power Marshall two twelve four twelve, And it's, it's a cool raunchous sound, you know, but mm. like a champ. <laughs> Jared's awake and he yep. gives us a zinger. He woke up for a minute. <laughs> hey, one other thing I would mention too about low wattage amps, sometimes the class of the or the type of amplifier that it is, whether it be a class A or a class A B, can make a difference in the perceived volume too. Absolutely. Um, I mean, a class A amp, things like, you know, a, a typical, like a you know, a, a Vox AC 15 or a 30 always sounds louder, at least to my ear, than, you know, a, a comparable output from a, uh, you know, maybe a Fender, you know, Vibrolux or something that's an AB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's interesting. It depends on many things. You're absolutely right. The class will, it'll not only change the, the perceived uh, volume level or SPL, um, it'll also affect how the amp responds in every way uh, as far as frequency and dynamic levels and everything um, because the output section of the amp works drastically different. Mm-hmm. Um, i let you in on a secret, though. Uh, anything with, not anything, um, a Vox AC30, we'll say, has four EL84 output tubes in it. It's biased, it's cathode biased for Class A operation, 
But each one of those EL84s are capable of putting out 12 watts max, mm. meaning in theory, just by, by uh, tube data sheets from the 50s and 40s, and um, a Vox AC30 on paper is capable of putting out 48 watts mm -hmm. max before clipping, right? I personally, an average AC30 exceeds 50 watts before. Really? Clips. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Huh. All day long. Um, likewise, a deluxe reverb, um, a 6v6 is capable of putting out 12 to 14 watts as well. A deluxe reverb, I've had some come through that put out more than 30 watts before they clip. Hmm. So all of those wattage numbers with amplifiers is a bit of fuzzy math. And those are all also published ratings of the tube. Um, I've had some Marshall 100-watt amps come through that have put out over 150 watts max <laughs> from just wow. a quad of EL34s. Mm. So that's all kind of fuzzy. But you also got to remember with all that, we've already talked about uh, uh, an increase in wattage by you know even double, like uh, AC30, let's say you go up to 50 watts, that's barely perceivable to ear. But what you hear, Tony, is that it's much more present. The, the low mids are much more immediate. And that's because that amp really is more of a 50 or 60 watt amp, not a 30 watt amp. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for the derail your there, Tony. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, last, last one, we are running, rounding the bend. These are adjustable amps. Now I, this is something that intrigues me greatly because I don't have a massive amount of capital to invest in an awesome amp. Um, one that I want for smaller gigs, one that I need for bigger gigs. I've run into that problem where I'm like, if I try to push my amp anymore because of either it's got, it's a, you know, not a, an optimum PA system or it's like some kind of weird venue or something like that. Um, it's radically going to change my sound. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to be able to have it I want both best, you know, potentially best of both worlds, but that may be not what I need. Is that well, what you're saying? No, well, no, here's the thing. And just like all these choices, there's no right or wrong. It's going to be a compromise, Todd. Okay. So um, th there's a few different ways that these amp companies market um, adjustable wattage in their amps. Um, one is actually, um, it's, can't remember who did it first. Um, it's called power scaling is the um, buzzword or, or um, uh, marketing term they've used for this. It adjusts the voltage, uh, the plate voltage on the phase inverter inside your amplifier. The point of this is that it's after the preamp, before the output tubes, and as you turn down the plate voltage, it minimizes how much signal can pass to your output tubes as you turn this voltage down, down, down. So it's a way of controlling, yes, the amount of wattage out of your amp, but what you're actually doing is using a variable voltage to squish down or attenuate how much signal passes between the preamp and your output and your amp. Um, this is used on uh, Morgan amps. Um, i trying to think some of the, Ignator uses this on a lot of their designs. Um, so it, it's kind of fuzzy math, and, and some of these companies call it Popular them, for combos. Yeah, even, even... I mean, that's where I see it, because that's heads. where I live in combo land, pretty much. So. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, yeah. But like I said, they're also on some higher, you know, uh, tube amp heads, too. Um, 
So yeah, a little bit of everything, but th- th- usually in like a, a 1530, 2040. Well, no, it, that's the thing. These are not typically switched like from two or three different settings. This is a, a linear control. Oh. At the bottom, it will say like one watt, and then you turn it up, and it'll. Oh, yeah. So it's a yeah because so that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, and this again, it's called power scaling usually, mm. or some companies I don't know off the top of my head which ones call it adjustable wattage, but they do, or some even put just power attenuator on the front of it. Um, but what they're doing, if it's just a knob that just turns smooth, nine times out of ten, they're adjusting the voltage to this one stage of the amp that basically acts as a, as a valve to limit how much signal goes from the preamp to the output stage. Um, this is important because it's not just going to change the wattage. As you turn that voltage down, it changes how that stage in the amp works. So it's not going to sound the same. Just like anything else, it might get you where you want to go because you only want to turn it down a quarter of the way, or you could play on it and go, boy, this completely changes my tone. This doesn't work for me just have to try the amp, listen to your samples online. You know, if you're interested in brand X because you like the rest of the features, check it out and see if that's right, right. for you. Dr. Z's got one, the uh, Z Lux. Yeah. It's a 2040 watt combo. So for amps like that, like, yeah, that's, that's a good option though, isn't it? Yeah. And it can be. And, and, and these are anything that has a switch on it that will say, let's say like full and half power or high and low. Um, they're doing it one of two ways. Either one, they have four output tubes in it. And remember, we kind of talked about this before where you remove two tubes and it drops to half the wattage. Mm-hmm. Some of these amp designs are doing exactly that with that fuller half power switch on the front. Um, they, right. If you've got four output tubes in it, uh, I'm trying to think of some, one right off the top of my head. High watt has that too. They got a T40. It's a 4020. 4020. And again, if I knew if it has four tubes in it, then what they're doing is they're turning off two of the tubes. Okay. If it only has two tubes in it, what they're doing is actually switching the uh, the wiring to those tubes from called pentode to a triode design, which will limit the maximum wattage that each tube can put out. And those are typically the high and low or half wattage. Again, they both have drawbacks though. When you remove two tubes. You're not changing the output transformer. You're not changing other things in the circuit, so it's a perfect match. Right. When you change uh, the wiring from pentode to triode design, um, then the tube actually works slightly differently. So it's not just going to drop the wattage in half. And even actually, it doesn't. It drops at about 30%. So it's not even true marketing saying it drops it in half. It'll drop the maximum wattage by about 30%, but it will also sound or respond different. And you may like it better but it's not exactly a half power switch at that point. Okay. I, I get it. Yeah. And both of those things can be done or modified to your existing amp as well. If you have a deluxe reverb and you wish it was a little quieter, somebody could modify it to have a Pento triode switch on it, which would drop at about 30 volts. I just checked on the Z plus the Joe Walsh Z plus, mm-hmm. And it says, the inclusion of a half power switch drops the second 6v6 out of operation. Yep. So, yep. Because there's, so there's, that one just has two 6v6s. Yep. So that, so yeah, that one would then be, um, and the the advantage of that is that you're, I mean, that just goes back to a basic, like if you have a 40 watt amp, 
it's going to be really loud. And until you get to the really loudness, it's not going to be breaking up on its own. It's not going to break up. If you drop that down to, to half, you're going to be breaking up sooner. It may not sound exactly the same as the 40-watt amp, but pretty dang close. Right, right. And like I said, and, and who knows, you may do that to your amp and go, wow, I actually prefer how this is breaking up differently. Right. You know, right. yeah. And, and and again, and this is typically how amp companies are doing that high, low, full, right. half switch. But there are also some, like um, uh, Boogie is one that they will include both. So they may have an amp. In fact, they, they do have one out on the market right now. Uh, it just dropped. I can't remember. It's a new dual rectifier two-channel amp. Um, the 100 watt goes from 100 to 50 to 25. 100 to 50, it removes two output tubes. And then when it goes down to 25, the two remaining tubes are wired as triodes, not pentodes. Mm -hmm. So it drops the wattage again. Wow. Okay. So some actually have both of those. Interesting. Yeah, for multi-watt wow. selection. Well, if you got if you are you know looking for something that is going to be very very versatile, and most of your favorite amp builders have some sort of a lot of the higher the the guys that are that are maybe bigger, not necessarily tiny boutique stuff, and then also uh, our guest um, Delisle uh, guitars and amps, um, mostly amps. There was a funny thing about the why it's called. Delisle guitars, but anyways, you can check that on on uh, episode one fifty seven. But he, he's got uh, at least one that I know of uh, that uh, adjustable um, wattage amp. So, so smaller guys are doing it, bigger guys are doing it. Everybody's in on it now. Yeah, everybody's got. So options. those are good options. Ooh, doggies! This has been. I can see it in your eyes, Rob. <laughs> I'm spent. You're spent. Um, but boy, do we appreciate the amount of knowledge that you dropped on us. And I know, like you said, any one of these things, we could have had an entire episode on. And who knows? Maybe yeah. we'll revisit maybe a couple we of should. these things. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to mosey on over to wake up Jared from his from his deep slumber. Jared. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, this part of the show is fun because we get to play a game called would you rather? I <laughs> would you rather is right now. So this would you rather is from executive producer, John Jackson. Thank you, John. Would you rather see a favorite band headline? Glastonbury in a triumphant show that people will talk about for years to come. That's or one of those like hundred thousand people like the flares and flags over in the UK. Huge shows. Yes. Yep. Or see the same band play the same set in a small venue at a low key warm up gig. So that means you can kind of just get real close to the band and you know, it's, it's not packed in like sardines. It's nice and casual and yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot I'm, of big bands do that. They just kind of sneak in and they go under a, a different name and it's just yep. for the people who like love the place and love music and they're there and they're like, what the heck this, these, this is that band huge. It's like the stolling Rones. Yeah. The stolling Rones would do that. Um, I, yeah, I believe they have in the past actually done Under that stuff name? like that. They have. That's awesome. <laughs> um, anyways, wow, that's a great question because I think 
Well, I'll tell you why, because why I think, but uh, I'll do that in a second. We're going to go to Tony real quick. Antoine Balonsky, what do you want? Um, you know, maybe if I was a, was a younger man, I would say the, the Glastonbury thing would be really cool. However, I have always preferred to go to smaller shows. In fact, if I, if I go to a show now, most of the time I'm either, you know, on the backstage side, as opposed to out in the front. Um, I just kind of, I don't, I don't like that big crush of the crowd or anything anymore. Mm. And I think it's a much more intimate experience to have, you know, to see a, a band like that, you know, I think they're looser a little bit too, because they're, you know, they're not, you know, trying to make show. Mm-hmm. They're just playing the stuff. You don't that feel they as much play. of a spectator. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. As, you know, those, those big festivals, I think they're just really, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a way to pack a lot of people in and, you know, I've, I've, I've never been to the Glastonbury one, but I've seen it on, on, uh, on, on TV and, uh, it just looks, just looks miserable to me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's quite all right. Jared. Um, any day of the week, I'm, I'm going to go with the small, small venue. All right. Um, I've done the small bit. I saw a rat <laughs> at a venue like that. <laughs> I know, because it was rat. Um, and the guitar player for Warrant also had a band that wasn't Warrant, but his own band that nobody knew who they were. And I got to meet that guy. Um, forgot his name. So, <laughs> but, uh, Great story, still- Jared. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. More? Could you have any more details, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the town it was in, even? Or? Uh, it was in Sandusky, Ohio, in a shopping center, like an <sighs> old shopping center. It was bad. Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Rob, what are you doing? Because you know, if oh. you were a huge rat, you got to, you got to like, you could spit at the guy and hit him. It Why was. If you're a huge Brad fan, why would you spit at him? You, you know what I meant. You're you're not even you're less than a stone's throw away. Yes. You know, don't spit on the guy anyway. So. No, that's bad. No, that's disrespectful. Yes. The drummer though, that's he would drink, drink water, and then while he was playing the drums, he would spit water out at the cymbals, and that water mist would go everywhere. Uh, he was doing God. that, hitting people like you know. I'm I'm, I'm assuming that's the pre-COVID 80s nightmare. <laughs> was uh not quite 20 years ago yeah okay. yeah that was probably a rough time for those guys yeah early 90s all right Somewhere. rob this is easy small show i don't oh, like I, i'll let everybody in the world in on this um i'm not a huge people person <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually prefer uh animal or things with four legs than two uh-huh um so yeah, I, I can't even think of. I don't know if I've ever been to a big show, like more than a thousand, two thousand people. I don't think I've ever been to a a big show for anything. Wow! I, I look and I see them like, oh, so so and so is coming through. I'm like, oh, they're opening for these three major acts, and there's right, you know, it's fifty thousand seat. I'm like, no, pass. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My turn. I'm going to go, so the thing I struggle with is that it really does kind of depend on the type of band. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, there are certain bands that I want to see in a small venue because I want to share, I want to share sweat. I want to like feel it and just get right up in there and, and, and have that, your, that very intimate connection that that we all know comes from something like that. There's a handful of bands that, loads of bands that I would like to get that from. But there's also something very, very special about, and I'm thinking about like, um, you know, Oasis, a huge fan of Oasis. Oasis in a small venue versus Oasis with, uh, you know, 50,000 other people who are like, or, or even like the Stones. And when, you, when you're just like, everybody there singing every is line. singing every single word with everything they have and the lights. And just that is an experience that it is of its own. Yeah. So for that, I would definitely take the big giant show, not one of these micro festivals where they have a hundred bands and you only get to hear like five songs. Screw that. (laughs) Don't want that. But at one of the big shows, like the headliner show at Glastonbury, you put, you know, Oasis up there or, or we put in your favorite band, whatever that can command that kind of a crowd that every single person there is going to stand up, stay standing and sing their heart out is so special. Yeah. And like you said, they got the big production. And so when you're standing there, you're seeing the whole spectacle of it. Yeah. Um, Iron Maiden. That's another great one. It's like, you want to see that with everybody else. Who's as happy as you are to be there. See now, if I could do that, but be in a little pod in the middle where nobody could <laughs> twenty feet, right? I'd be there. Yeah, yeah. Like when Metallica did the little pit inside the stage. If I could be the only guy, right? In there. <laughs> the only there guy there. <laughs> well, me and maybe two yeah. of my friends, or right? Something right. Here. Yeah. Funny. Maybe okay. they could just get those big giant hamster balls. And well, well, you know that is how they're gonna have to do festivals next year. So right. everybody gets <laughs> your own pod. Right. At, at, when you go in, they throw you in a hamster ball and say, "There you yeah. go." Yeah. Nice. <laughs> And we'll get the back that was a great question. I love that question. And it's a hard question for me because I have love for both. Like I, I'm going to slip this in. I, I, I like seeing the hives at like a really small venue would be amazing Yeah, because it's a totally different kind of energy. It's a totally different show. Anyhow, uh, um, would the crowd be buzzing? Oh, the cr- yes, they would <laughs> be buzzing. And I'm not even going to acknowledge that terrible joke. Um, Tony, we got to thank a few people and then we got yes. our parking meters up. Oh my God. It's, 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 it's leaving there. I think the tow trucks out there. For yes. Me. So at this point of the show, we like to thank a special group of people. These are our executive producers. And you might be asking yourself, what is an executive producer? Maybe more importantly, how can I become one? Well, just go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check it out. There's a couple of different ways in that you can help us out and support and become a patron of this very podcast. Each level comes with a bevy of great prizes. Thank you gifts, if you will. And, uh, you know, it's things like barefoot buttons and stickers and picks and, oh my goodness, t-shirts, all the good stuff. It's all there. But there's a level that is extra, extra special, and it's the executive producer level. And in addition to all that great stuff, you get one more thing. And what is that, Jared? You get to have your name read on the thing, man. Your name read on the thing. That's what I'm doing right now. Special right. thanks 
to these executive producers, Mr. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Carney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, Richard Kendall, Tig Harmon, John Williams, Michael DeLucio, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, and David Rando. Thank <laughs> you, executive producers. Yes, we love you. Humongous thanks. Wait, Todd. Don't interrupt. I'm, no, no, no. I'm just waiting for you. <laughs> because there is a, a slightly higher echelon of executive producers. Those are our grand poobas. These extra special group of supporters. It's an extra higher echelon. Extra high. Yeah. Extra, the penthouse suite, if you will. In addition to all that great stuff and getting your name right on a thing, they get a special fez to wear whilst listening to the podcast. Yes. Many other things. And many, many flashlights and things like that. Shh, don't tell. Special thanks to these grand poobas. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Seanus. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, and Tim Nowak. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Uh, you are a core reason. All of the people that we read off and others that we have made it to 200 shows. Absolutely. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I am truly grateful. And um, Rob, where Sorry. can people... Check you out. Find your stuff. MadCowAmplification.com. Um, also on Instagram and Facebook, MadCowAmplification. And uh, yeah, hit me up if you need something modded, repaired, if you're local or if you want to send it from across uh, the country. Mm -hmm. We take care of all that stuff for you. Authorized for most major brands as well. Yeah, certified, not just authorized. Yes. A lot of yes. Amp Rob's done for me and they all still work. That's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that, you can, that's you can a put good that thing. on your website. How well, about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony, how about yourself? Uh, head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I have available for sale. Uh, most of what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. I will make you something you are going to love. Agreed. Right. We all have proof of that. Jared and I, and maybe Rob will someday. Nope. Are those pick? Are those do pick? A lot of stuff. Yeah. Do okay. those pick cards still work, Todd? They've they're amazing. <laughs> they still work. They haven't broken yet. Well, Jared, how about yourself? People want stuff that works. So, if you have an old pickup that needs rewound uh, from an old guitar or whatever, uh, BrandonWildPickups.com. Or if you need new pickups, I do the wide range, at noiseless Jazzmaster pickups, which are super awesome. I got all sorts of awesome stuff like that. Go so to you're known for your PAFs. That's that's your that is a bread and butter product. Um, I'm I've worked really hard uh, to get uh, the PAFs going. So yeah, that's that's a big one. So, yeah, yeah. 
Find me. I'll take care of you. All right. Brandon Wound Pickups. You can send me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, at guitarnobs. We would love to hear from you. Send us a would you rather for Pete's sakes. We get Please. lots of good ones like we got today. It's awesome. I want to say massive thank you to Rob for swinging in here and dumping all that knowledge on us. I hope it helped some of you out out there try to sort out your uh, you know your audio issues with uh, with your gear. And um, I want to say a, a colossal thank you to every single one of the listeners that has been with us along this long road for uh, 200 episodes. Uh, very happy, very proud. Thank you all. And uh, gentlemen, have a great guitar week and everyone else too. And subscribe. Yeah, could be the end of the world. Todd, you ignorant slut. (laughs) There's two of me. (laughs) Oh, no. Jared, what is that in pennies? Let's go. Let's go. We're wasting time. You clowns. Do you run the oxes into each other, Jared? Like for more attenuation or <laughs> I should try that. It's not quiet enough. I had to buy two yeah. of them. Thanks, Tony, for screwing all this right. all up. No, I can't even hear well, my sir, plexi. That, that isn't actually how they work. <laughs> I've got six thousand dollars worth of equipment. I can't hear my amp. Uh, <laughs> okay. Not Rob's, but not everybody's a Rob that goes to Nam. I, I hate to say it, but I agree with Todd. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. He's doing that on purpose. I hate you, Tony. <laughs> but he does it so well. You, you don't even know. It's I like know. a. It's like a. Tony is is the equivalent of a silent fart. <laughs> <laughs> it was on my. It was on my. Uh, um. Oh no, that's not it. Compl- <laughs> I would buy that for a dollar, Tony. Boy, boy, you, <laughs> you missed it with that one, okay, Todd. Got to be honest. Maybe, maybe a little less color, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not wrong. Uh, you're not. So right. I'm not wrong. You're not. Oh, right. so I'm you're not wrong. But I'm you're not just right. saying. All right, I'm gonna clap us in and uh, get us back to where some semblance of a show goes. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time